This is the Lights On Show. My name is Jacob Morissette. I'm an honor student at Boise State University, and this is my podcast centered around turning the lights on. I go and talk to -to day-to-day professionals to learn how they've mastered their craft. We go in-depth on the inner workings of their perspective, their process, and their strategies, all in the hopes of inspiring others. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Lights On Show. Uh, As you guys heard in the uh, intro, it is still kind of new, so if those of you who have not heard uh, my last episode, this is the new official intro for the show. Uh, I really like it. It took me quite a bit of time to make, uh, but that's okay. So this week's episode, I talk with Ryan Moick. He is a father of eight. Uh, Yes, eight. Uh, He is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and more importantly for this conversation, he is a creative. He's a UX designer, so he creates uh, illustrations, and he he, uh, designs the user experiences of products, um, and he also does a lot of concept art and world design. Uh, he goes in depth on that a lot, but this is kind of an overview. Um, uh, as for our relationship, he is uh, a friend of mine and he's super awesome. He's inspired me, uh, for a lot of things. I really appreciate, um, the ideas and the help that he's given me. So that's why I'm super excited for this episode. Uh, hopefully you guys can get a lot of value from it. If you do, follow me on Twitter at lights underscore show. I can I usually that's where I give all my podcast updates, any news that's gonna be out or anything in the future, any communication really with you guys uh, from me is on my Twitter platform. That's the only platform I have. And uh, if you guys also enjoy, please leave a rating on whatever listening platform you're on, which I pretty much think is only Apple Podcasts. I don't think you can do it on Spotify. Anyways, yeah, let's get right into the episode. Alrighty, how you doing today? Good. You feeling excited? I'm excited. I'm I'm stoked. This has been a long time in the making. I know. <laughs> okay, so um, so this is the intro where, I mean, you've obviously listened to many podcast mm-hmm. episodes, so just kind of introduce yourself, uh, explain your craft, explain who you are, and just let the audience uh, understand your perspective. Yeah, my name is Ryan Moick, and I am a designer. And everyone always asks what kind of a designer. Everyone asks what that means. And that is a, it's a broad term. Designer is you, you make things. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you design what things should look like, feel like, be like, what story they should tell. And so I kind of design a, a broad spectrum of things. And I've, I've had a kind of a weird winding career. Started out in graphic design, uh, just working in straight, just flat 2D images. Uh-huh. And uh, moved on to package design from there. Started to think in 3D space. And that inspired me to go into industrial design. And so I have a master's degree in industrial design from the University of Washington. All right. And I have worked at uh, top-tier design firms for the last five five years. That's crazy. And uh, I am now UX lead at Ubiquity Networks. And Ubiquity is uh, basically a networking technology company. We create products to connect the world inside, outside, doesn't matter. Uh, we're kind of all over the place. And uh, so it's been kind of uh, an interesting path getting here. I could talk about it for two seconds or I could talk about it for years. There's a lot to, <laughs> a lot to discuss yeah. with this. But uh, You got a pretty long story uh, just from you getting out of high school all the way to to now that that I have heard that story it's a, it's definitely very long and I think uh for all intents and purposes probably not a good episode to be sure. doing on but yep. Yep. I think that uh on top of these other ideas that I have for you before I leave I think we should also cover that too. Okay. I'll, I'll make you up a couple I'll, other outlines. I'll make it short but yeah. All right, yeah. Um all right, cool. So uh yeah, let's kind of just get right into it. Um I gotta look at my notes. I did not go over these. So, uh, you went on a mission, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I did. remember talking to you about that. Where'd you go? Korea. You went to Korea. Mm-hmm. Obviously, South Korea. I did, yes. Um, so, I like to ask members of the church if, if they did go on missions, just kind of sum up their experience, kind of general things that they may have learned. I remember talking to you when, like, a couple, this is like the beginning of the school year, I think. Uh, you talked about how it completely changed you oh. and it helped you to become the man you are today. So, I'd love for you to address that. 
um, real quick here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting you asked me about this on the Lights On show, uh, because really before my mission, I was a total bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was what turned the lights on for me in a sense. It was, uh, I was, uh, I was a super average student before that. And I didn't really, you know, I tried to get into BYU. Did they reject you? Yeah, I got rejected. (laughs) (laughs) I had a, you know, my grades weren't super bad, but I wasn't, I was super lazy. Yeah, it's a good school. You know, it it just, um, I I didn't have what it took at that time. And I don't blame them. I was really mad at the time, but I don't blame them for rejecting me. My mission is what really kind of turned things around for me. Uh, I learned uh, I learned what it meant to work hard when someone wasn't telling me to work hard. Uh, my dad and I worked a lot together on cars, on buildings, on, I mean, he, he was really into construction, really into um, fixing up cars and that kind of stuff. And I, I learned, I had a good work ethic, but I wasn't really intrinsically motivated. Mm-hmm. I instead reacted to rewards. Like if we get this done, then we can watch the game at two o'clock or whatever. And or you can go get pizza or, yeah. you, or you get money. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like the mission is where that changed, where I learned that there was no one checking on me. There was no reward at the end of the day. What I did determined how I was going to feel at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything. Uh, I learned that how I feel when I lay my head down at night means more than whatever reward I got during that day that's physical. Any type of food, any type of show, anything that I got. Nothing mattered as much as how I felt when I laid my head down on that pillow. How did I serve this day? How did I act this day? And uh, and, and that was something that I've carried with me to this day. And it's still, I, when I go to bed at night, I think, how did I work today? Was I, was I honest with every hour that I put in for my employer? Yeah. Do, did I earn an honest living today? Um, did I do my best work today? These are the kinds of things that kind of stem from my mission. And so, yeah, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. I could go on and on, but there's a ton uh, that it changed in my life, particularly that. So, yeah, so it was like a huge, um, almost like game changer on your work ethic. Because obviously, like you said, you had a good work ethic, but the way that the Lord worked for you in this sense, it, it allowed you, it, I would say almost humbled your work. Oh, It allowed yeah. you to humble your ability and like yeah i don't know that's a really interesting uh unique experience and i think that's something that i've recognized um especially in this past year um but not with specifically going straight on the mission but even service work we do for the church mm-hmm. the feeling that you get yeah. by serving others and you know this but i've tons of people i've talked to even people that aren't members of the church just talk about how rewarding and uplifting it is to do service yeah yeah. I mean, it really, when you're working for yourself, it feels empty a little bit. A little bit. I mean, obviously, you, I mean, know, you it, need to do yeah, it. You need to get, you need to you know, feed your family. You need mm-hmm. to feed yourself. You need to clothe yourself, put food over your head or food over roof over your head right, and all that right, stuff. Right. But most of the excess kind of can, can feel empty. Yeah. I, I mean, right now I'm putting together a, I'm designing a video game yeah. for myself and it's, it's it's a lot of work. It Absolutely. doesn't really benefit anyone other than me. It's it's uh, it's just a kind of a fun thing, and when I put time into it, it's fulfilling because I'm being creative. It's a creative outlet, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. But when you're serving someone else, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not even compare the feeling that you Absolutely have inside. Not. So yeah, yeah. So I'm not. I don't mean to say that anything that you do for yourself is wrong. I don't, I'm not trying no. to say that. But there is definitely a difference you can feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is. Awesome. So uh, you talked about how you're a UX designer, mm-hmm. um, but you're also a concept artist, and mm-hmm. you have that all of your website, which we can talk about a little later. But um, I know I have your concept art as my wallpaper on my phone. <laughs> uh, I don't have it on my iPad because I have my own photography on my iPad, but I absolutely um, love your concept art. And I think some of my questions go into that. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to provide further context a little bit. So um, explain. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is perfect. So explain your way up the corporate ladder and how did you get to being the top tier designer that you are? So this is actually kind of addressing that, um, that story. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I, I, you know, I, it's been, uh, it's been a a long journey actually. It's been, um, one of those things where I had to shift career paths a a couple of different times. Didn't you go, like you first wanted to study computer science, right? I did. Yeah. That was my major for Mm. over a year at BYU. And I was such a fish out of water with that. It it was, it was awful. And, um, you know, I I had a project where we had to design a, where we had to code a three car garage and you have to check to see if the car is in there. If not move the car in, if there is a car there, bring it out first before you can bring the new car in. 
And I took 1,500 lines of code to write that program. And I showed it to the TA in a computer lab to sign it off. And he just belly laughs at this thing. And he pulls out the answer sheet out of his back pocket, and it's eight lines. Eight? And I had done... And, and because he had done it in an object-oriented way, which uh-huh. is totally foreign to the way that I was thinking at the time. I'd done it totally procedurally, meaning if this, then that, if this, then that, if this. And it took 1,500 lines, and it was a nightmare. It took me forever to code, and it should have been super simple. Anyway, my mind just didn't work that way, and I'm like, I'm out of here. Um, I had to retake a couple classes a couple times because it was, it was pretty brutal for me. And I'm an artist at heart. My dad... Um, was always worried about me being a starving artist, so he kind of encouraged me away from that. So that's why I was looking at things like computer science. But the uh, the art is really where I wanted to go. And mm-hmm. so when I got into uh, I got into web design super right right after my mission, I got into web design. This is 1999, so this is a while ago. Yeah, like when, back in the that's when they first yeah. started doing that. Yeah, kind of stuff. yeah, it was brand new, and I, I you know I didn't know what I was doing. I kind of learned on the job uh, at a company in in Provo, Utah, and I learned on the job, I, I really was just found my niche. I'm like, this is what I love to do. I love this so much more than coding. And so I, uh, I went and just kind of went all in on that uh, and studied animation at BYU and uh, went out and created my own company. I had four different companies, actually. Did an ad four agency. Four different companies. Yeah, I've, I've done four different startups, but one was an ad agency okay. that okay. I started up. Uh, and then in 2007, I started up my own. Actually, 2006, I started up my own design firm, and then I ran that uh, until 2012, when I decided to go back to school and get my master's. Uh, and so it's been a little bit of a of a path. I when I was at school, I went on an internship to IDEO, uh, which is a design firm down in Silicon Valley. I was in Palo Alto for 14 yeah, yeah. weeks down there, and. Uh, yeah, just really loved it. I that I I, I didn't want to stay down there just because the cost of living was so high. I Absolutely loved the idea. Insane. It is. Oh, it is. Oof. I had a job offer and I had to turn it down because I couldn't afford to live. And down you there. had like what? I think you had six kids that time. I had six right? kids at the time. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so I got a job doing a very similar thing at, mm-hmm. in Seattle at a company called Artifact. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like IDEO North in a sense. IDEO Light, you could say. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, I was there for about three years. Very, uh, very interesting experience. Worked on all different kinds of products over there. Um, worked on everything from, uh, from uh, injected uh, connected pens for... Uh, Insulin, like insulin injecting pens. So you, um, you like design the concepts? Yeah. So, yeah, we would design the user experience behind those things. So yeah. it would be like, what does the product look like and what does it feel like to use this product? And so we would design, you know, you, you kind of design step by step by step by step. And then okay. everything that goes along with each step. So there's screens that go along there. There's products, hard surface objects that go along with that. There are user um, reactions and experiences that go along with each step. Of, yeah. the, of the user journey okay and so yeah you just you just work through all those um all those different steps to come up with the ideal user experience flow or journey um and so we just at artifact and IDEO just did that with all different types of products um i worked on a lot of augmented reality projects mixed reality so like headsets where things live in the real world and so almost it? like VR, but like downgraded. Like it's it's VR in the sense I did work on some VR projects okay. too. But AR is where you can still see oh, the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and it's and it overlays on top of the okay, real world. Yeah. You haven't talked about uh, how you got into the job you're at now. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So the job I'm at now was uh, it, like I said, it's at Ubiquity Networks, and it is um, they found me, uh, and that's that's typically how it works in this business. Especially uh, so so high up. I guess. Yeah, I mean, y- your work's out there, your your LinkedIn profile's out there, and people are constantly looking at looking at who's out there, especially in the field of UX. UX is a hot field, and so they're, you know, not just me, but every Artifact employee gets hit up daily for by recruiters for jobs all over the place. So this wasn't anything new. I, I, I just... Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't know a whole lot about the company. I, I was... Um, I, I'm a bit of a tech I'm a little bit backwards when it comes to tech, honestly. It's just kind of weird considering the field I'm in. But I didn't know the first thing about networking. 
And so, uh, so I, I, from that standpoint, I wasn't super interested just because of the, the subject matter. I was like, Oh man, I don't know. I don't know anything about networking. So like, what is this? Um, yeah. And, and I didn't, I didn't realize what it was. And so now that I've, uh, anyway, so I went through a couple of interviews, um, and, um, uh, I actually interviewed with the CEO directly and I didn't know who he was at the time. I do now, but, uh, he, he's, uh, He's a great guy, Robert Para, and uh, he he started the company uh, in 2005. Just on, uh, he, he just had a whim. He was at Apple and had an idea for what they were working on, and they weren't interested in his idea, so he left and started his own thing. And now it's a multi billion dollar company. It's yeah, and uh, and it's it's pretty successful, and it's it's been pretty pretty crazy working directly with him. So um, I don't know. It, it's how did I get here? It was just kind of an accident. Honestly, it was, I was already at a firm and, um, the recruiter kind of poached me away. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think maybe the, the better way to look at it is, is like what allowed you to become that. Um, I like to use the word successful, but a lot of people have this wrong connotation of successful. What I mean by successful, especially in this context is like what allowed you to, or what helped you to get, as good as you were what helped you to to make your name that big in order to like you know what i mean i do um yeah i don't talk about this a whole lot it, it's been um it's been one of the great balancing acts of my life that i've failed at over and over again because it, it's been so much work um developing the skill set to do this that i haven't uh, I haven't been as balanced in my life as I should have been with my family. I've got yeah. eight kids, yeah. and um, it, it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of work to. I, I for years I got up at four a.m. and just drew for hours and hours and hours. Went to work, came back, drew for hours and hours and hours, and went to bed. And I would get by on three to four hours of sleep a night. And that was for years. Um, That's yeah, for multiple years uh, doing that, and that was often while I was working uh, full time. Um, at, at, at pretty much everywhere. I've yeah. been doing that for close to 15 years. So, um, and I still kind of do it a little bit. <laughs> I, I still, um, draw till late in the night a lot of times. Uh, and, uh, it's just been, uh, I've just kind of created some habits of wherever I'm at. I'm kind of either drawing or designing or writing kind of those three things. I, I rarely, uh, I rarely sit still. I don't ever, <laughs> I never just sit down and just, yeah do nothing that's that's just totally foreign to me it's just a so. lot of i guess hard work and dedication and uh i guess grit and grind you gotta love it though right? yeah and, and you like you said you loved art ever since like, you were a kid you know your dad had to kind of steer you away but you still hung strong and true to it yeah and it was just kind of like one of those things where your passion kind of led your i had to use the word addiction but kind of like an addiction almost to where you just loved it Mm-hmm. You just it just mm-hmm. was happening. Like if you were gonna do something, you were drawing, you were designing something. It's yeah. it's fun for you. It, it doesn't yeah. seem like work. So it's much. not work. No, I can get lost in it, and and uh, my wife helps me not get too lost in it. A lot of times, she's very yeah. good about that. But well, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It, it's <laughs> yeah, it, it, because it is so enjoyable, and so that's that's the thing. I mean, if I didn't enjoy this, I'd find something else. So mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, and yeah, like we talked about, you did experience that, and you did uh, do what you had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you work from home. Mm-hmm. How did you get that? I think a lot of people, <laughs> I mean, I know I don't really like to work from home. I like, uh, kind of, that's why I want to get a laptop so bad. That's why I'm so excited to get my MacBooks Cause I'll be able to be mobile. I'll be able mm-hmm. to, I won't have to be confined to my desktop. Um, but I know for a lot of other people, they want to get that, um, that trust from their employer, that freedom from mm-hmm. their employer, so how did you manage it? Or is that something that you talked about since you were already so high up? Or was there a process you had to go through in order to get that? Um, I, it, there was, the, it was offered to me, honestly. I didn't seek it out. Uh, I, you know, of course, I've been commuting to Seattle for years. Which I lived is terrible. In, yeah, I lived in uh, you know, Kent, Des Moines area of Washington for a long time. Yeah. And so the commute with traffic was an hour to hour and a half sometimes. That's absolutely and, terrible. Yeah, and and I was taking a bus every day, you know, and and yeah, that was bus. that was each way. Yeah, so, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't. I'm no stranger to commuting. I'm no stranger to being in the office. And um, and I got this new job and uh, have an office up in Seattle with this new job. But uh, I was talking with the owner, and he just offered. He says, you know, I know you've got a long commute. I'm open to you working from home if you're if you're interested. 
And I said, I very much am. So, <laughs> so yeah. That, yeah, and that was really how it came about. I didn't go out seeking it. Uh, it just kind of came to me. Yeah, so. but I would almost say that like, uh, like your work was able to show for itself. Like you had already built this portfolio that says that you can do this work. And if you have that trust with, you know, especially with the CEO or whoever your boss is, you can basically like that just shows for yourself. Like you have the trust to get your work done no matter what. Like it doesn't matter if you're at, the, at home or you're at the office. And especially since your employer, I feel like was so like, not only did they recruit you, but they understood your commute and that commute is a waste of your time and your time is valuable to them. Mm-hmm. But the the offer didn't come right away, though. Well, yeah. It was, I had to earn the trust. You've always mm-hmm. got to earn it. And uh, so I had to earn it. I, I was working for about two or three months before he offered that. Okay. So, and, I, you know, I had been uh, trying to just kill it, just being super uh, self-motivated. Uh, I, he's he's one the, that really rewards initiative. And mm-hmm. so I tried to show that and yeah, Paid hopefully, off. hopefully I earned some trust. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say but, so if you're letting your guy works from home. Yeah, so. I, I hope so. He's great. He, he's really great to work yeah. for. So. so that's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so this is specifically about, uh, creating stuff, but mm-hmm. how do you take burnout? Like, especially when you're creating the same stuff over and over and over again. Um, if people experience it with their studies when they're mm-hmm. like doctors that, you know, they studied med- medicine for four years, like mm-hmm. straight, super hardcore grind. Even me right now, I'm, I'm starting to get into my computer science and, and to, uh, cinema, cinematography and even mm-hmm. this podcast. So I want to try to like prepare myself for that. And obviously whoever's listening, prepare them for that. But especially since you're such a seasoned, creative how do you deal with the burnout I, or do you do you experience burnout first you never experience i don't burnout. really get burned out no really um no i've got so many irons in the fire it's hard to get burned out because i'm constantly doing stuff so you know with the kids it's always something new each day with my kids yeah it's always something new each day with my work it's always something new each day with my uh the video game that i'm doing not that i work on that every day well yeah, I, yeah but i get i get probably to. two to four hours a week on my own video game it's pretty small um, at, you know, I've got, uh, at, at church, I work with the young men at the church, uh, and that's quite a few hours a week, every week. Uh, so there's just, uh, there's just a lot going on that I don't, it, it's like, I never feel like I get enough time with each piece anyway. Okay. So yeah, I don't get burned out, but I have been burned out with school and stuff before. Okay. And, and, and those are the times you just got to step away, you know, and I, and I will, even if you've got deadlines, I'll let deadline like not not now, but like in school, I would I would let deadlines just slip just if I was totally burned out. If you needed it, sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's almost better to um, allow that. It's, it's like it's better to recover than to overburn. Yeah, um, yeah, it takes longer to recover if you overburn. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, if it's a super critical deadline, obviously you got to push yeah. through. But like a homework but, assignment, mm-hmm. if it's really being yeah, yeah, you got to step away and. Um, yeah, do something totally different. And I, and I think that's the key now is that I'm constantly stepping away and doing something different. So I never get burned out. So, so maybe instead of how to fix, well, then I think you answered how to fix burnout right there. Yeah. Just understanding how to juggle mm -hmm. things to keep yourself always interested. Mm -hmm. Like not only podcasting, maybe like I said, getting into photography or getting or starting the, the, um, videography or, doing service or you know going yeah. like i plan on going on a mission after my first year of school that's a mm-hmm. huge break from school personal projects oh, yeah. all that stuff mm-hmm. and maybe at that time right before i leave for a mission i'll be experiencing burnout but i'll have that whole two-year recovery and that discipline like that life-changing event so yep. i will be pretty mentally like killing it yeah um yeah. yeah for sure no that'll be great that's pretty sweet so um you are very self-driven. I don't know if you've, you probably have addresses, but we could probably, I guess, word it a little better. But uh, you're obviously, like you said, you're very self-driven. Um, what kind of keeps you self-driven? What keeps you, because like you said, what keeps you driven when you're doing service work is that that feeling of doing good for others. So what keeps mm-hmm. you motivated when you're doing your yourself? Like what keeps you motivated when you're doing your uh, game or like your concept art? Like what keeps you flowing? Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, I had a, when I had my own design firm, I had a client, uh, it was just a great client. In fact, it was so great. It was pretty much my exclusive, uh, client for 14 months. 
because you put it was all your energy so, in them. Yeah, it was so. Uh, it, it was such a huge project. It was all me and my firm could handle. So that was it. And uh, it was supposed to. We 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 had planned for multiple years. I think at least three years. We had a three year plan with this client. And then on New Year's Eve of 2010, I got an email saying, or 2009, the. Uh, email from the client saying the project suddenly dried up his funding suddenly dried up unexpectedly and uh whoa it jolted me it it jolted me in the firm and uh it had been kind of the first moment i'd felt myself take my foot off the gas and and i was just like i'm just going to lean into this project i'm not going to worry about anything else i'm going to kind of enjoy life and do all that and then right when that happened boom um i got the rug pulled out from underneath me (laughs) and pretty much uh, that's driven me even to this day. That still drives me of just being caught unaware. So I'm just constantly thinking about, um, contingencies in case something happens. Um, I'm talking from a creative standpoint, like yeah. if something were to happen with my job, I'm constantly working to make sure I've got something backed up. Yeah. It's like a game. Like if your if your UX design job tanks and you'll have, you can just replace that with your game and then, oh, or, sure. or, or yeah. just like example or, or something like that, whatever, mm-hmm. Uh, else you may have lined up. But. Yeah, or or things lined up to show potential clients mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So, yeah, so that kind of drives me. It's just kind of this fear of failure, this this fear of being uh, caught unready, caught unprepared for, uh, for for the work to dry up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, really, that's what drives me, honestly. Uh, if I didn't have that fear, I, I would definitely take my foot off the gas, I think. But, you know, there's a love of creation and that kind of thing, and that would motivate me to do a do a little bit but i wouldn't do nearly to the extent that i do right now i, w- I want to talk about that more specifically because uh, i think in the scriptures it talks about like fear god mm-hmm. but yes it says fear god but it also wants us to understand that we need to love like we shouldn't just follow his teaching because we fear him mm-hmm. but because we love him so mm-hmm. kind of relating that to you talking about that specifically like you talk about the fear is driving you but maybe that i mean i'm not saying that's unhealthy but that's not the healthiest thing to be doing because obviously like you said um changing what you wanted like if you don't like something change it mm-hmm. um like with your job or whatever like mm-hmm. that but like kind of what's the balance between fearing something and then doing something does that kind of make sense totally makes sense yeah so i i believe that god has power to give me anything he wants okay. if he wanted me to be a multi-billionaire right now he would he he, he can do that but he doesn't do that because yeah. it's like when you have children, you don't just give them everything right off the bat. No, the children uh, can I mean, either, and we are we are his children. We are so, his children, yeah, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, you know, I've got my own children. If I were just to give them everything, they'd be the biggest brats in the world. Yeah. Uh, instead, I try to make them work for things and earn it because they become stronger through doing that. God does the same thing with us, and He has us work for the things. Uh, that we want and then he will choose whether to honor that work and grant the blessing or he'll continue to withhold it it's up to him my job is to just do my best and just so i can go to god and say i've done my best i have been diligent i did not waste any time i've tried my best to do this will you please help me yeah that's really what i mean by fear it's that fear of me not doing enough it's me not doing my part yep uh because it's all in god's hands Mm -hmm. and but he does he does allow me to grow and wants me to work. He wants me to learn diligence. So, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to, yeah. <laughs> just trying to follow him and just, just be the best that I can be at everything, uh, everything that he's put within my sphere of influence. So it's a, it's the same thing with my calling at church with, uh, with the, the youth where, you know, I've got to be able to, if I want blessings, uh, for the youth, because I'm often, you know, thinking about individual, individual youth, and I'm I'm praying for them by name, and I'm thinking about this, and I have to be able to go for go before him and say, I've done all I can here. Can you help me with the rest? Yeah, and yeah, so it's good. It's it's just there's no separation between church and state really for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I talk about that a lot on the on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, well, at least I talked about it with Maverick um, the right. analogy of church and life are basically the same there's no difference um, the, the the rules the concepts the morals like mm-hmm. they are applicable to everything and just flow yeah um it's awesome yeah um how can people get started being a creative and and maybe well i think specifically how can we get started uh becoming maybe a ux designer maybe being a concept artist like what 
steps maybe do you have that people who are interested in drawing um what what can they do to like test out the waters and see if they actually want to go into it uh like major in it or sadly they don't have to do what you did and mm-hmm. be like uh i hate computer science let me get <laughs> out of here um yeah. that just wastes like a bunch of classes totally like you, said. I, you know this is something i've been thinking a lot about lately because y- you honest you you almost get one chance yeah it kind of it kind of sucks and if you miss it well good luck trying to make that up mm-hmm. you know and and it's it's a it's a challenge there's a lot of people who started doing what I'm doing now, you know, 15 years before I did. And uh, it, it, they're further ahead in the game a lot of times because they've been at it for, you know, over a decade longer than I have. Yeah. So there is always that that challenge. That really, you've got to identify what you love and just go with it, I think. And that could be the worst advice ever. But I feel like <laughs> you've got to identify what you love and just do it. Just go for it. Yeah. I think you've just got to put your all into it. I mean, you really identify it. And you said, how do you become a creative? I don't know that you become a creative. Well, yeah, but like how do you're like, born that way? Well, yeah. But like, how do we step into it from a career perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So that's different. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good question. If you self identified as a creative, if you have that need, that passion to create things and, and make things, you know, either work well or look beautiful or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I, Honestly, I think, you know, they say the portfolio is what matters. I think connections are what actually what matter. They matter mm-hmm. more than the portfolio. Portfolio helps you build connections sometimes. But I think school helps you build better connections. And yeah. I would suggest going to school for it, honestly. And most people don't say that anymore. People say, oh, it's just portfolio. But well, Like you can just learn out in the field or you can you can go do photo shoots. Like if you want to be a photography, mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think this is a good start. But like if you take it out of context, it's bad. But like uh, a lot of students will be like, yeah, I just take free photos over the summer to build mm-hmm. up my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And then some people may still go to school to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then some may just call that good. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I definitely see what you're talking about. And maybe that's not the best way because when you do go to school and you have that portfolio, like low key already pre-built, it's just like a continual jump start. Mm-hmm. But if you don't go to school, it's so much harder. I would mm-hmm. feel like. There are people who just get into the into the creative fields with just a portfolio. I don't yeah. want to act like they aren't there. There's mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of them. But the more tried and tested route is to go to school, make connections, go on internships, and and kill it at your internship. Yeah, kill the game. Yeah, and and just work as hard as you can from the from that foundation. And and then I think you know as long as you're good at it, you're going to be fine. Yeah, I think that's a lot better. Whether you use the foundation, mm-hmm. like the foundation that college sets, or that the furthering education, wherever, even at the technical school or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a way better foundation. I love that. Oh word. yeah, because um, yeah. it's like the the parable. Um, you know, if you build your house upon a rock, mm-hmm. it'll stay stand, you know, strong. But if you build yeah. it upon the sand, the waves can crash it down. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes if you do build on sand, the waves won't come and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but if it does, uh, it's just a lot stronger and a lot yeah. better to have it, you mm-hmm. know, set that that college one. And then, like you said, you can go on internships and you can have so many opportunities. Like I'm excited to be able to give, be given opportunities to go do computer science internships, uh, mm-hmm. like in Salt Lake or even some in Boise. Um, and even like talking to my roommates, three of my, two of my roommates are computer science majors. Mm. Wait, I don't know if the other one is. Oh no, the other one's like engineering, mm-hmm. but we're all part of STEM. So like for oh, nice. me, I think it'd be so helpful to be able to communicate all of, with all of them mm-hmm. math problems. All of our genetic classes are going to be roughly the same. They're going to be really heavily math focused. Mm-hmm. We're all going to hate English probably. Yeah. Um, but that's so much better than me trying to just solo it. Yeah. Even, oh yeah. You know, I, I, I could never imagine having to do that by myself. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I just, I feel like that'd be a lot harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, if you know, if you've identified computer science is the thing, yeah. then yeah, then that is the way to do it. I think. Exactly. I mean, you're doing it even to the point of your roommates, which is great. Just surround yourself with those people because your roommates are going to go get jobs. Yeah. And if you connect with them, then they're going to be great connections for you for the rest of your life. Not that you want to be friends so that you can have connections, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, your friends are the ones that will help you out the most in life. So, Mm -hmm. and, and you can, you know, vice versa, you can be the one to help them and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, I think that's a great foundation for it. All right, so this is the kind of final segment, but I feel like this one's probably going to be pretty extensive. Uh, so it's fine. It's quick questions, not quick answers necessarily. Uh, I just call them quick questions because it's something I ask everyone. But what slash who inspires you the most, and why? Like, what has helped? 
to inspire. What inspires me the most? Or who? It could also be who or it could be both. You're talking about professionally? Anything. Oh, well, I mean, my wife, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, she's uh, she's she's everything for me. Like she's uh, she's the reason I work. She's uh, she's she's who I look forward to seeing after work. She's everything. Um, she, I, I I try to be better because of her. Yeah. So she she's kind of everything from that standpoint. From a professional standpoint, um, there's some really really great designers out there. Uh, one of the one of my mentors uh, that I really loved working with was Danny Stillion at IDEO, and uh, he is. Uh, one of the most um, creative and insightful people I've ever worked with. He um, he was super broad ranged in terms of his expertise. Like he he's uh, he, he had a background in um, in different design, but he was able to. One time I was doing some um, illustrations for a project we were working on, and and he was like, you know. That would look better if you splash, splash a little bit of really vibrant. It was a super desaturated image I was painting, and he was like, "That would look really good if you just splash some really vibrant color uh, just randomly in there." And I thought, "Well, that's crazy." And I said, "Well, I'll just listen to you. Whatever, I'll just try it." And it just made the image pop off the screen. It was it it changed the way that I paint. And he's not a painter, yeah, but he just had that way of kind of seeing across beyond his own expertise. He just he was just really really great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, I could list off a ton of people, but, uh, all right. Yeah. So then maybe from him, from that guy you're talking about, what, what have you learned from him? Uh, well, I, like I said, I learned how to paint, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which he... was interesting. Um, I also learned how to manage a project, uh, in, um, and well, when I first got there, we were working on a project for, uh, a car company and it was going to be. Uh, I'm trying to think how I can say how much I can say it was going to be a future of project for a big car company. Okay. And so he and I just kind of worked on it together and, um, and he was, he was super hands off in a way that he just, he was, he trusted me to just see what I could do. Um, when to kind of intervene, not intervene, intervene is the wrong word. Well, he would know right when to kind of come alive yeah, no, he wasn't even hands-on, really. He was super hands-off. He just knew the right way to um, kind of say, you know, I like this, I like this. Maybe we could say this. What do you think about this? He was very collaborative, I guess is the best okay. way to say it. Um, he he was, uh, yeah, he just showed how to be super in control without being overly controlling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was fantastic like that. I worked with someone like that at Artifact as well, Marcus Weirzok. He was uh, almost the same way, just really kind of hands on but hands off in a way. Um, so, so what kind of sounds like to me is that they were able to show you like a better way of looking at stuff, yeah. like, like help you to like pinpoint things and like make you think more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and and able to suggest things without making you. Uh, they were able to suggest things to make it think it was your idea. Oh, that's pretty, <laughs> it was a, and that's it was a perfect. Gift. Yeah. 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 So they were, uh, yeah, I've been, I was really blessed to work with them. Uh, there's a ton of people. Um, some artists I really love uh, as well. Just, just, there's a lot of really great people out there and I'm just grateful. There's a lot of work out there. Yeah, there <laughs> there's is. some really great people. So all the work could be taken up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's so important to be able to, uh, like you said, network with those people, but not only network, but to find the happiness in it and like to always be optimistic and just be able to uh, not only like, first off, not even be jealous of them, like mm-hmm. to be excited for them, to be excited to be working with them, even mm-hmm. if they might be competition. It's it's the idea of putting down your ego and just embracing um, the good that can be offered, yeah. um, which yeah. is awesome. That's absolutely yeah. awesome. I, It's a huge thing in order to be happy mm-hmm. or to, to, mm-hmm. to, to find peace in mind and not be overly stressed about stupid stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I know you have a website. I love to talk about, um, the structure that you have because mm-hmm. obviously I think part of being a creative is building that portfolio. Um, and you obviously you have a portfolio and your, your, uh, your website's very extensive. That's where I got my, uh, my images from that boot game, oh. but it's, it's okay. Um, so anyways, uh, talk about that process in there. Like, how do you structure that? Um, I know you have a UX 
portion you have mm-hmm. a, a a portion specifically just for your concept art mm-hmm. um i have not read through all your ux no, 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 stuff no, it's, it's totally fine literally it's a, a lot million pages long yeah it's long so what's your kind of thought process on building the portfolio then? yeah uh, that's a great question it, it's it stemmed out of, i've got a like i said i've got a weird background and i yeah. do three things and i don't really do anything outside of those three things i just do visualization storytelling ux design that's yeah. it but those three things are actually kind of broad in a sense because it involves a lot of drawing, painting, hard surface design. It also involves service design. It involves web design. It involves screens. It involves... Wait, so did you make your website? Yeah. Oh, that's sick. So, well, I mean, Squarespace. Oh, I designed okay. it. I customized oh, okay, okay. it. Uh, I but created like, all you the actually did like an HTML? No, no. I, I have before. In oh. fact, everyone up until this one has pretty much been that. Uh, no, that's not true. I had WordPress before this. But okay. Uh, anyway, I... Yes, I know how to code, but I hate it, and yeah. so I don't ever do it. But I just said because that background is so weird, I found myself often people would see my concept art portfolio, and I would be at a design studio, and they would think, "So you just you're an illustrator? You just draw?" Well, no, I don't just. I actually do this a little bit. I actually do this other stuff, and so it was really a response to the constant questions of what do you do. And this is my first attempt. This this new website is just the first attempt to kind of show what oh, okay. I do. Yeah. It's it's just how these three things go together in one designer. So do you actually explain that then in, in some of your uh, like paragraphs? Yeah, yeah. And the very first one, the very first, the scrolling page, the very first overview, I just give a brief overview of, of what it is. These, okay. these, you know, these are things that the really elements. go into, yeah, they kind of go together in what I call world building. World building I is that. anything that, it, we, we all live in a world and it has, it looks like something, it feels like something it tells a story. There's a story behind it yeah. that makes it interesting. But the world behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes for any product. This iPad you've got here, this microphone, they all have a look. They look like something. There is a story behind it or there can be, there's a story with how you use it. And there's also an interaction with it. Yeah. And if you leave any of those three things out, you it's don't have incomplete. It. Yeah. Obviously I'm not talking about the building of it, the manufacturing well, yeah. of it, the coding, all that stuff that other, other people do that. It's it's not necessary. I'm not yeah. trying to say that stuff isn't necessary, but in terms of the conceptualization from the beginning, mm-hmm. you've got to have those three things. You've got to know what it looks like, what is its story, and what does it feel like to work with it. So it's like, almost like, it. like the user experience of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I love to draw and design what something should look like. I love to come up with a story and design from the story and have the design drive the story. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the, it's, it's this interchange, this exchange of, of idea and visual and interaction. Interaction can drive all that, and they can also drive the interaction. So these three kind of work together uh, symbiotically in a way that kind of helps develop a really nice world, be it a product or a service or a video game or a movie, any of those things. They all need world building. Yeah. And so really that's that's essentially what I do. I, I call that design process panoptic design. Okay. And so I call myself a panoptic designer. And uh, it's just one of those things that you – uh, it's it's kind of broad, but it also uh, is very technical in a lot of ways. Like the, the, the drawing, the painting, that kind of thing is very technical. It's mm. been a lot of work developing that. Um, but on more of the portfolio side, what advice do you have in order uh, building? So just from hearing that conversation, it's almost like you're saying you take what you're good at, uh, right? But you don't just want to slap it in front of whoever's watched, whoever's looking at it because mm-hmm. – um, the reader or the viewer obviously cannot think the way you are thinking because they're not you. Right. Um, and like you said, you had the three examples and to you that's world building. Mm-hmm. So you explain that you allow and you show it. So you show off your three different skills, but you try to combine them and you try to definitely show the bigger picture of you. So mm-hmm. for building a portfolio, would you recommend that that strategy of taking what you have and yes, they may be different, but thinking of a way and designing a way to figure out how to bring them together to show what the portfolio should look like mm-hmm. and what you are, what whoever, whoever's doing it, whatever, but like to show that person off. Yeah. I, I you've just got to tell your story, whatever that is. This is my story. Yeah. I, I do. I'm a panoptic designer. This is, what does that mean? Well, this is what it means. I show yeah. that if and then I you were show everything. Yeah. If I only did one of these things, if I was only a concept artist, like if I only draw drew pictures, I might be able to get away with a site that just showed my art and didn't mm-hmm. need any words or anything. I could probably do that. Uh, but there's a lot more going on here yeah. that 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 story needs to be told. So yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a form follows function type website, really. It's it's I need this thing. What what is what 
what what can get me what can tell this story and this site kind of emerged from that it's pretty so, sweet yeah. Um, by the way, this is not sponsored by Squarespace. No. <laughs> you know, a whole, there's a whole bunch of podcasts that are sponsored by Squarespace. Yeah. It's not sponsored. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, what's one short-term thing that you would invite the people listening to do right before they go to bed? Like a short-term, low-commitment um, thing. I that's write in how, a journal every day. You. you write in a, so you journal every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of explain why or how, the, how that maybe has helped you. Well, I, I, I want to catalog what happened in that day. And I also want to see how the hand of God was in my life that day. So Absolutely. I will kneel down and pray and, and ask how, what, what, what did you do for me today that I didn't see? And I'll sit down with a, you know, I actually type it out on my phone. Yeah. And uh, yeah, things will just start coming into my mind mm-hmm. and I'll type them out. And I've been doing it for, whew, I've been keeping a journal since 2003, maybe. That is crazy. Yeah, I, I haven't done it as much lately because I've been more busy than ever. Well, yeah, but but uh, so I I I think I only wrote once last week. I used to do it every night, um, but I notice a difference on the days that I do that and the days that I don't mm-hmm. uh, for the next day. Um, so yeah, be reflective on what you do. It's been a great thing to go back and read all that. Well. It's it's, yeah. it's been fantastic. I think it also helps to show like how you're building, like how you're growing. Even, oh yeah. Even at a even at a, a you're a full grown man, you have a full family, everything like that. But it still shows that you're still developing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I like to put it in the context of you're still becoming Christ like, mm. um, or that you're growing to become more Christ like. Got a long um, way to go. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But I, I I think that's almost like a motive, almost like a motivating tactic mm-hmm. in a sense because like some people make it discouraged. I think specifically just with like the whole becoming more christ-like some people may get discouraged some people may feel bad um about what they've been doing mm-hmm. like maybe they need the atonement in that particular moment of their life but if they look back to maybe where they were way before mm-hmm. they could still see progression oh yeah so i don't absolutely. know just a little thing but absolutely totally agree yeah um so now how about a long-term thing um like a challenge maybe a book that you've read something that isn't just a quick little journal thought or prayer away i would I would identify a skill set you want. I wanted to be able to draw anything without reference. And okay. so I set out to just do that. And, and that meant drawing for hours every day. Identify yeah. what it is you want to do. What, you know, if it's hula hooping, you know, make sure it's something <laughs> you can make money from. If yeah. you, you know, because really the idea is to be able to provide a living, right? Yeah. Identify what that thing is. And then don't let a day go by where you don't work on it. Okay. Um, I filled up sketchbooks. I filled up digital sketchbooks. I mean, it's been. Do you still have those? Yeah. Awesome. I do. Um, it's been, I've thrown away a lot of old stuff, actually. <laughs> you probably have tons of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I throw just, away. Especially all my di- old digital stuff. I'll just delete it, delete, mm-hmm. delete, delete. But I actually came across an old hard drive the other day. It was pretty shocking how far I've come. Yeah, uh, just, I mean, shoot, I absolutely love your stuff. So, oh, I mean, it's, it's still super work in progress. But just, well, I'm saying how yeah. bad yeah, I was yeah, before. How bad you were before. It was awful. But <laughs> <laughs> probably better than uh probably better than me i no. cannot draw no it was terrible it was terrible um man that's awesome so just kind of find who you are like thinking mm-hmm. about who you are what you want to do mm-hmm. and i think this is so applicable to kids my age uh a lot of people don't know what they want to do um so maybe how, how how do you see people that aren't as proactive as me or maybe aren't members of the church so they won't want to go to mission how can they find what they want to do like what are some strategies or maybe like thought processes or mm-hmm. things that you would recommend then to find who they are. Yeah. Uh, well, y- you know, you've, you've got to be realistic in a sense. Like if oh, yeah, you absolutely. love basketball, but you're five foot two and you can't jump and you're not very good at basketball and you're 18 years old, probably not a great chance you're going to make the NBA, right? No. Uh, so you've got to, I'm not talking about you, obviously, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't fit those descriptions, but no, I'm just saying like, <laughs> right. Um, but I'm just saying, like, if you, yeah. you've got to be realistic in the things you want to do yeah. and, and, and what you want to accomplish, but not realistic in the sense that it holds you back from the things you really want to accomplish. And uh, I know that sounds contradictory. No, but, I, I mean, but, I think in the right context and understanding what this show is about, the show isn't about roasting people. The show is about trying to actually find something. I think yeah. in that context, mm-hmm. this completely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. Yeah, you've got to be true to yourself. My dad wanted me to be a lawyer. and. Man, I tried. That was just not my thing. Nope. That was not my thing. Uh, Be doodling on on all your casework. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I I, I could not focus on that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you've just got to find what it is. And and if it's a skill, then even better. Like if if it's a – 
like a trade type skill. Yeah. I would consider drawing a, yeah, a trade. Yeah, drawing is definitely a trade. You can easily you can trade it. Like mm-hmm. literally, you can like, yeah, right. trade you this for 10 bucks. Exactly, like, yeah. Trade. I don't think you can ever go wrong with that, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. If it's a trade, I think you could it, – it, it, it's respectable to do that thing, I think. So, yeah. I don't know. Because, like, you do, like, electrical trade. You have even, even like, fencing. Like, like, those are all trades or, mm-hmm. um, you know, programming is a trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those types of things. Even salesmen. Uh, you know, being in sales is a trade. Like, you're trading words and mm-hmm. you're able to be charismatic and all that type of stuff. And so, sales is a good example. So, what, what would be the hard skills needed for sales? You work on that. Yeah. Identify what those skills are for whatever the trade is. Yeah. If it's sales, then figure out bullet point out what skills need yeah. needed for, needed Under, for understand that. like customer mindsets understand like you know there's yeah. there's a lot of stuff to still learn yeah that are huge mm-hmm. and that can actually make you progress like the person i was like my, the salesman i was freshman year versus mm-hmm. after three years of deca two business classes is completely different and yeah. i'm not even you know trying to go super try hard in sales but just right. have, taking those classes in general Mm-hmm. have improved yeah um so yeah yeah so you do that so you you enroll in deca you enroll in those things are going to help you develop that skill set you also read books on that thing yeah. you watch podcasts or whatever on this thing and you, you just try to amass all the knowledge you can i think that's the that's the key just amassing the knowledge for whatever trade you want to do whatever skill yeah. and i would also say if you can't find one just try stuff out you know try if if you maybe are stuck between sales or maybe you want to be an artist maybe you want to do it maybe like try watching a couple of youtube videos about sales maybe try uh being like a stupid little sales clerk at like big five or something like that or and then go try drawing or yeah. try, try watching some tutorials maybe try out for a month or two like do like these i love months like yeah. i did like my cold water challenge for a whole month like do these segmented months mm-hmm. that you commit yourself and you just test it out and if you like it take it yep like that yep absolutely um all right that is Pretty sweet. I think that was a good. All right. Do you have anything you'd like to add before um, we conclude this? And no, the, I'm just I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I I appreciate you having uh, having you here too. Yeah. is is really awesome. And like I said, I do want to get um, some other episodes with you. That like I said, I'll write up um, I'll write up outlines, and then we can talk about it. And um, definitely try to get more out of you. <laughs> it awesome. Sounds bad okay, before no. I leave for Boise, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think there's still a lot more knowledge left to be able to uh, I, extract. I'm, I'm about tapped out, but <laughs> we'll see i got that. nothing left. Um, Empty well. Anyways, let's go for the high five. All right. And that's it. Awesome.